Hey ladies, you know what time it is. It's breakthrough time and I am here to bring you messages of personal stories, exclusive one-on-one interviews with industry professionals, female leaders, entrepreneurs. If you're ready to break through every obstacle, overcome self-doubt, increase confidence, develop a positive mindset, hit subscribe and let's break through together. Hi, ladies. Welcome back to It's Breakthrough Time podcast interview. Today, we have a really special guest. Her name is Rebecca Whitman. So she is a success mentor, author, life coach, and she helps women go from burned out to balance, beautiful and abundant. I love that. And she has the seven pillars of success and seven pillars of attraction to manifest your soulmate. And I am so excited to get talking with her today. So welcome, Rebecca. So excited to have you on the show today. I'm so excited to be here, Tori. Nice to see you. Yes, nice to see you too. So let's just dive right into it. Tell everybody what you're up to now. I believe the seven pillars of attraction is the latest and greatest, but tell everybody where you're from, what you're up to, and just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm a success mentor from LA. And I wrote a book a couple years ago called How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time, which is a five-star rated book on Amazon. It's got an audible. And I've been really passionate about empowering women to go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, abundant. And I believe that there's seven areas of life that if you have all these seven areas in alignment, then you can have anything you want, whether it's six figures, the perfect bod, the best relationship. So those seven areas are your spirituality, your fitness, your emotional health, romantic life, mental, social, and financial. So I've been teaching that in an incredible uh, program called Elegant Warrior Training. But just recently, an opportunity fell in my lap where someone noticed that I had manifest the love of my life and he's known me for years so he knew i had a lot of like really bad relationships like a divorce just a lot of heartache in that area of my life and that all of a sudden i'm like happily in love and getting married and he opened a retreat center in medellin colombia and he said rebecca i want you to do a retreat for women on how to manifest your soulmate and i was like absolutely So I thought about it. How did I go from being completely heartbroken and divorced to being engaged to the man of my dreams? And I created seven pillars of attraction. And that is what I'm going to be teaching in Columbia in this beautiful eight bedroom villa overlooking the city. Wow. I got the goosebumps literally while you're talking. I'm like, all right, you know, Rebecca and I were talking ladies off camera for a little bit. And we're like, you know what? There's these seven pillars of success seven pillars of attraction, how to attract your soulmate. Let's be real. We all want to talk about how to find a healthy relationship or how to find your soulmate if you don't already have your soulmate. Um, So what can you share with us or is it exclusive until the retreat? Can you share the seven pillars with us? I can, I can share uh, what they are, the how to's you'll have to meet me in Columbia at this beautiful villa. So yeah. So the first pillar is to process and release your past which is so important, right? Because we take our baggage with us. Absolutely. So true. The second pillar is radical self-acceptance. And that's so important because as women, we're constantly judging ourselves. And I'm a recovering perfectionist. Like, 
always beating myself up unless I hit this impossible standard that nobody can really reach and you know radical self-acceptance like you don't have to have the perfect body or the perfect job or the perfect department to manifest your soulmate no not at all not at all so when you say um just right there on that note before we go any further that kind of reminds me yeah. of self-care as well and so what like self-care techniques can you do um to start manifesting your soulmate Self-care is really important as far as radical self-acceptance. It's changing how you talk to yourself is the number one thing. I tell people to take out the words woulda, coulda, and shoulda because they beat your, those are words that we use to beat ourselves up. And just we're so uh, careful with what we put into our body. And I'm sure you have had other guests talk about diet and exercise. I know you're a health coach. But we're not so careful with what we say, right? So we'll say there's no good guys out there, or I hate online dating, or, you know, all the ones that I like don't like me. Whatever your, you know, story is about your love life, if you keep saying it over and over and over again, then you're going to have the same result. So I would say in regards to manifesting your soulmate, start being aware and change the way you talk about your love life and the way that you talk about yourself because you are perfect just as you are to attract the love of your life you don't have yeah. to change a thing you don't have to change a hair on your head yes and that kind of goes it's just the law of attraction right what you're putting out into the universe is exactly what you're going to get back and i i'm on that same wavelength you know even in different aspects of your life but you know like when i was miss missouri usa before i won i've shared this many times in my podcast but i literally would only say when i win it was never, well, if I win and go to Miss USA, it was always when I win. And it wasn't like, it, you don't have to say it in a boastful way whenever you're talking about relationships or a goal or anything like that. It's just, that's the law of attraction. It's like what you're putting out there is exactly what you're going to get back. And by golly, I said it for four years and then I finally got it. So once I start picking up on that wavelength, but, um, but I love that, that law of attraction. So anyway, let's go to number I three. I love that. So it's not if I'm going to meet my soulmate, it's when I'm going to yeah. meet my soulmate. I'm going to incorporate that in my retreat. I love that. Yeah. Um, third pillar is masculine and feminine energy. So having polarity in the relationship. So I'm a total feminist. I believe in, you know, women should have equal pay for equal work. But when it comes to romantic relationships, if both people are equal, then there's no romance. It's, if you think of it as like two people on the dance floor, you know, if you're just like single dancing by yourself at the club, that's not <laughs> as sexy as the tango. Yeah. So the tango is sexy because someone's leading and someone's following. So it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight, but you want to decide if you want to be the leader or the follower in the relationship. So for me, I'm, I'm a leader in my life. I, you know, have a coaching practice and I write a book and I like leading retreats, but I, in my relationship, I choose to be the feminine and whatever you choose is fine. But once you choose, you, you get to communicate as that role. So it's so important. The polarity is what makes it sizzle. Have you ever been in a relationship where you started off, romantic and then it became just like best friends mm -hmm. um yeah a little bit it's more I don't know I just don't stay in that relationship if it happens quite honestly but exactly. we can this stay friends but yeah it's it's not a relationship anymore to me but I can so relate to what you're saying about like 
you're a leader in work and you're a coach and you like exert all this energy and leadership, which you thrive on. Right. But then in a relationship, it's like, oh, I kind of don't want to make as many decisions or <laughs> be the leader of this because day in and day out, you're a leader in your career path, which it's funny how you can have both of those as a balance. Yeah. And women can have it all. I mean, that's the great thing is we can be the leader or more masculine energy in our careers and then be more feminine and more like receiving energy in our relationship. And it's important to know like which one you are going in. So you attract because if you don't know what you are, you might be attracting feminine guys who are not, you know, treating you the way that you want to be treated. So that's a really important pillar is polarity. Uh, The next one is decide where you want to fish. So do you want to fish online? Which websites? Do you want to fish in person? I know it's a lot harder with the pandemic. For me, I went on over a hundred online dates and it just was not my jam. And I ended up meeting my fiance at a party at just a good old fashioned backyard house party. So, you know, you got to know where you want to fish and then, and then fish there and be patient because if you're fishing, not everything you pull onto the boat is like the catch of the day. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's, that's interesting because you said you were on about a hundred different dating websites, but then not a hundred different websites, oh. hundred different dates. I was on. Five oh, I was like, wow, that's a lot of websites. Okay, now this makes a lot more sense. All right, so a hundred dates. Got it. Okay, so what do you think about when people? We have a large group of of single ladies um, here in Arizona, and we're always talking about like, all right, so church is like a place where you would love to find a man, or um like a get together like you said a backyard barbecue or something like that what do you think about broadening your like where you're looking some some people go online some people are just like I want in person for sure church definitely what do you think about if you've been going to one place about switching it up what's there to be said about that well to go back to the fishing analogy right if you've been going to the same pond over and over and over again, and there's no fish there, then you switch ponds, right? So yeah. if you're determined to meet a guy at church, try a different church. If you you know, want to meet a guy at the gym and you don't like any of the guys at your gym, then try a different gym across town. So you get to keep switching ponds until you find you know, the fish that you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love that. Okay, the next step is first date etiquette. So there's a lot of women, including myself, I was one of them, I would be like, oh my God, I nailed the first date, we were laughing, he was complimenting me, and then they would ghost me, and I was like, oh my God, what happened? (laughs) Like, I thought (laughs) I nailed it, and then he just disappeared. So I realized that there are certain things you can do on the first date And I don't want to give it all away because I want your uh, ladies to come on my retreat with me to Columbia. But there are certain things you can do on the first date that will almost guarantee a second date. Ooh, I like it. The little cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'll do I'll do an easy one. Like leave your leave your phone in the car in your purse. Do not bring your phone out because if you get a notification from a dating website, you're showing him a picture of your dog and like, oh, you know, you know, Chuck says you look sexy in your bikini photo. That is going to be like a total like buzz <laughs> for the date. 
<laughs> That's hilarious, but pretty accurate right there. <laughs> so very true. Exactly. So just leave your phone in your purse of the car. Don't even tempt yourself. That's really funny. Yeah, very true. And even with like social media now, right? It's so it can be so distracting when you're on a date and people feel so differently about that. Uh, maybe if you're documenting your food the entire time, maybe not be, it may not be the best first date, but maybe do that on like the 10th date. You know, you can finally document like your dinner or something. Um, yeah, so you don't need to document it on the first date. What was that? You don't need to document your meal on the first date. No, no, I agree. So what do you think about um, personality types? So let's say one person is an extrovert, one person's an introvert. Or, you know, maybe in your past, you've been going after the same type of guy. How do you kind of like break that pattern and, you know, start becoming attracted to somebody who maybe isn't your typical type? For me, I, I had to just hit an excruciatingly painful bottom on the old type. I used to go out for, you know, narcissist like the really good looking guy who was a little emotionally unavailable because <laughs> yeah. I wanted the challenge and I thought that the nice guys were boring and you know I thought love had to be hard because I read all the romance novels and watched all the movies and I thought if it was like struggle and drama then that was real passion mm. Yeah. But after like getting my butt kicked uh, by my divorce, I'm like, this is it. I'm not going to be around any more guys that don't treat me well. And I just want to be around nice people with positive energy, whether it's romantic or platonic. And then I met my fiance, Ben, and I wouldn't have liked him five years ago because I would have thought that nice was boring. But after, you know, having so much heartache from being in relationships with unhealthy men. Now I'm like, bring on the nice. I'll take all the nice you can give me. Amen, sister. I'm with you on that one. So kind of going down that road, because I'm sure there's some ladies listening where they're like, I might be in a narcissistic relationship, or I might just be in a very unhealthy, toxic relationship. How do you come out of that? Like, because that can be a very, um, I was in relationships like that and very serious ones. I thought I was going to get married to them. And, um, and I came out of it. And so I just want to hear, like, from your perspective as a professional, what would you suggest to girls to come out of those relationships where they know it's bad for them, but they're struggling on getting out? I would just ask yourself, is this relationship serving me? Like, do I feel like this is for my highest and best good? And if you know it's not and you do know in your heart of hearts because women know when we're getting cherished and treated well and we know when we're not then you, you have a choice like you i say it's better to be alone than in bad company and yeah. i think it's a, it's also like a scarcity conversation like if i think oh my god this is like the last guy in the world that's ever gonna like me i've got to make this one work rather than thinking oh well men are like buses there's one coming along every 10 minutes and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to meet so many more guys and I'm going to, you know, there's 2 billion people out there and, you know, there's just so many guys, too many men, not enough time and catch me if you can. And it's just changing your narrative, right? Just like the same with making money from scarcity to abundance. Yes. Yeah. Abundance in, in every aspect. Just like you said, it goes the same thing with, with money, um, with, yeah, with relationships is really important. So 
that's amazing advice. And then, so how about on the flip side, what if somebody is out of it, but they're struggling um, and just like finding themselves again, because let's be real, you lose your confidence in that sort of relationship. You lose yourself and to get back up and to find yourself and build that self-confidence back up. What are a couple of techniques that you've personally used and that you now share with your clients? Well, it's all about self-care and the first two pillars of my program are spirituality and fitness. So I think it's really important to have faith in whatever your higher power is, you know, God, Jesus, whatever it is, um, and deepen that faith through practice, daily practice. And I like to do it in the morning, having a morning ritual, whatever that looks like for you, prayer, meditation, it could be yoga, it could be writing in a journal, it could be reading from spiritual literature every morning. You can customize your routine depending on what your beliefs and what you need to deepen your faith. But to number one thing is to you know work on that relationship with your spirit. The second thing is your fitness, you know, put all the angst and pain of the breakup into the gym and work out, find something that is fun and exciting. It could be playing a sport. It could be taking classes, could be just like hiring a trainer and lifting weights, whatever it is that makes your heart sing, you know, move your body and, and eat healthy, drink a lot of water, do all that. And those are two great ways to get over a painful breakup. Yeah. And, you know, I think also just adding on to that is just give yourself some grace and time because time heals everything. And I, you know, my high power is God. And I just, you know, I believe God can heal all things in his timing. And sometimes, and that's part of the reason why this podcast is called it's breakthrough time. And my Facebook group and everything is it's breakthrough time, because I went through that stage where it was like, I went through massive breakthrough after I escaped that relationship and finally realized like I deserve more out of life and it's time for massive breakthrough. But you know, healing didn't happen overnight. And there's still times where I'm like, I don't know if I'm fully healed, but God heals you in, in the right timing. And also he brings you through those times. I, I strongly feel, um, for a reason. And I feel like part of my purpose and my majority, the majority of my purpose now is to, you know, help girls get through those difficult situations. Um, because I feel like, you know, you, you have your mess is your message now. Um, and so it's, it's kind of ironic that we just naturally gravitated towards this conversation. We didn't even, I didn't even actually know that about your past before we even jumped on here. So, um, so thanks for sharing that because I think there's a lot of girls, you know, I, through my health coaching business and pageant coaching that I've worked with, who've shared with me now, like, yeah, I've, I'm in the same situation as you were in, or I just got out of it, or I'm trying to get out of it, but I'm struggling. And so really, um, leaning into your faith, like you said, Rebecca, and then also fitness. I couldn't agree more. Both of those are just game changers. So, um, so I do have to ask you, excuse me, about your morning routine. You know, you kind of touched on that. Um, but you know, just reading about you and seeing every aspect of business and life that you do, you have to be, you have to have a strong morning routine or otherwise you couldn't operate at the level and frequency that you want to operate at every single day. So um, dive in a little bit further on that importance of a morning routine. And then also, is there a nighttime routine as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my morning routine has different things based on, you know, the different, you know, things that I'm going through. But right now I love writing a gratitude list mm -hmm. and I actually have three lists, Tori. I have a gratitude list. I have a surrender list, which a lot of, pe Ooh. a lot of people know about a gratitude list. Not a lot of people know about a surrender list. So mm -hmm. I have a very type A overactive brain. So I think of the surrender list as kind of like a brain dump, like everything that is causing me anxiety in the day, what I have to do, I just surrender it to God. So I just write a, a surrender list. So whatever it is, you know, it could be my taxes, it could be, you know, a big meeting, it could be whatever, my mom's coming to town <laughs> for the first time in a year, whatever it is, I, whatever is in that brain of mine causing me anxiety, I write a surrender list. And then the third list I write is how I want to be that day because I don't believe I'm a human doing. I believe I'm a human being. And I believe how I'm being is going to attract my results. That's the law of attraction. So it's not have, do, be. It's be, do, have. If I'm being loving and I act lovingly, then I'm going to have a beautiful relationship, not the other way around. Have a relationship first and then be loving, right? So I, how do I want to be that day? I want to be loving. I want to be connected. I want to be present. I want to be powerful. I want to be a leader. So those are the three lists I write every morning, gratitude, surrender, and being lists. Um, I like to do 10 minutes of stretching. So there's some great uh, yoga videos on YouTube. If you just, uh, you can YouTube 10 minutes of stretching or 10 minutes of yoga. I really like uh, reading from certain spiritual books. You know, I have a whole stack that I choose from, just depending on how much time I have that day. But I'll, I want to at least read something that has to do with spirit. Yeah. And those are the three. Oh, and then of course, I know you're a health coach. I always start my morning ritual with my detox water, which has uh, lemon, lime. The liquid collagen I was telling you about before we started and that that detox water is really important I drink that a lot of people wake up and get coffee I say to my clients have the detox water first because it flushes your organs it flushes all the toxins that were building up as you were asleep and then you can have the coffee so I always go for the the detox water and I'm drinking the detox water as I'm journaling and as I'm reading from spiritual literature so and then I stretch for 10 minutes and it's a beautiful way to start the morning. So how long does your morning routine typically take on average? It's different. Honestly, like it depends on the day. I'm not fanatical about I've got to do it for 30 or an hour, minutes or an hour. If I'm super rushed, I'll just write the gratitude list. Um, mm -hmm. If I have more time, I'll add the yoga. So it could be five, anywhere from five minutes to an hour, just depending on how much time I have that morning. But I always try to just touch, touch base with the spiritual side of life first, because to me, it's like we're, we're a light bulb. And that is how I plug in my cord to, like you said, have the energy and vitality to do all the things I'm doing during the day. I get to plug myself in first to God. I choose to call my higher power God too choose God. And then I'm, then I have the energy for the day. So that's, that's my touch point for starting the day. I love that analogy of, of plugging it in and, you know, getting that spiritual fix right, in, right at the beginning of the day. 
Um, but another thing that I love, and I wrote this down because I'm totally going to do this now, but is a surrender list because I, I always do the gratitude and I do an I am goal statement list of, you know, my goals that haven't happened yet, but are going to happen. It's part of, you know, putting it out there in the universe and, and law of attraction. But the surrender list, I think, is a beautiful thing um, because there's a lot of things in life that we can truly be stressed out about. And we're trying to take that pressure on ourselves. But in reality, we need to turn around and just surrender it to God and to your higher power. Um, and so I love that idea. I love that. Can you tell a difference once you, the days that you do your surrender list, how your stress level and anxiety is different? It is different because I, like I said, I have a mind that's going a million miles a minute and there's just, I just need to get it out of my mind. Somehow when I get it out of my mind onto the paper, it just like frees up mental space where instead of being stressed out, I can actually get downloads and intuitive hits and be creative and come up with new wonderful ideas and products but if I have so much like um distress in my head that I'm that I'm not open to my creative urges yeah yeah I love that so much I'm totally going to do that I've done it you know different times I've done surrender exercises but I don't do it on a daily basis and another thing I want to point out too which is a beautiful thing is how you said your morning routine is sometimes five minutes and then sometimes it's an hour. And so I struggle with that personally sometimes because there's different morning meetings or, you know, travels going on or something that like can throw my morning routine off or I can't do as deep of an exercise as I want to. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't get my whole morning routine in. And so some, and then I just have to remember to give myself some grace, but I think that's a really good point in something that most people, you know, a lot of personal development professionals and coaches, we all talk about a morning routine because it's so crucial to your success daily. Um, but I think what a lot of people don't point out is exactly what you did. And I love that you did is that there's some days where you may not get all of it in that you truly want to, and that's okay. So um, just reminding people of that, that it's okay if you only get five minutes one day and find that one thing that just really pushes you the most, like get your mindset immediately where you want it to go in that energy level. Um, and then maybe do you ever do the rest of it like at nighttime before you go to bed or midday or sometime when you have a break? Yes. I like to do, if I don't have time to do the meditation in the morning, which I haven't had time to lately, I like to do it after lunch. I'll do like a 20 minute meditation after lunch and it's a really nice way to break up the, because we're all working from home now, right? So everything's yeah. kind of the same. So it's a nice way to transition from the first half of the day to the second half of the day. So mm -hmm. I do my meditation now after lunch. And at night, I just try to listen to something positive um, while I'm like doing my, you know, brushing my teeth, washing my face, getting ready for bed. I'll try to like listen to a podcast or an audible or Right now, I've been, you know, listening to Clubhouse. Uh, I don't know if you're on Club. Are you on Clubhouse yet? I am, but I'm not active at all on it yet. And I will be soon. <laughs> but like we were talking before off camera, it's just like there's so many different social platforms right now. You really have to like hone in on the ones I, I definitely should be honing in on Clubhouse a little bit more. So whatever it is, I try to listen to something positive as I'm getting ready for bed and and yeah, that's, that's my uh, practice. So pretty much all day long, I'm, 
I have a morning, midday, and an evening ritual that keeps me positive and there's just so much out there right now between podcasts and Audible and YouTube videos where you can use that downtime, the nooks and crannies of your life when you're waking up. I like to listen to a positive YouTube video as I'm waking up and putting on my you know, lotions and potions and all that. So all this time when we're like just we, we have time to listen, we don't even think about it when we're waking up or when we're in the car, or when we're getting ready for bed. We can be listening to things that improve the quality of our lives and expand our mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I always, um, I'm always listening to Christian music right in the morning, and then it switches throughout the day during work, and and then podcasts when I'm getting ready as well. And it's it is amazing. I can t- totally tell a difference. The days that I'm like, sometimes I'll make calls while I'm getting ready or in the in you know while I'm driving, but then the days where I actually listen to something that's really feeding my mind instead of just like exerting the energy out. Um, it's really amazing the the feeling and the mental clarity, the mental awareness and just like happiness and joy that I have compared to making some like phone calls that may be, you know, pointless for that. And I'm just doing it just to do something. Um, so I totally agree. I love, I love those inspirational podcasts. Um, and speaking of podcasts, tell everybody what your podcast is so they can go subscribe. Yay. Thank you. It's called Balance, Beautiful and Abundant. So those seven pillars of life, I interview experts in each of the seven pillars. So we'll have a financial expert or a relationship expert or a fitness expert. Tori's going to come on as a fitness expert. Yeah, can't wait. uh, Yeah. So you get to have like practical tips and tools from people who have you know, become a level 10 in one of those areas. And it's, it's really inspiring and awesome. And each episode will change your life in a positive way. So yeah, definitely check out, it's called Balance, Beautiful and Abundant. I love that so much. And then you also do mentoring, life coaching. Where can people find you if they want to work with you? Yes, absolutely. I do offer a free clarity and connection call. If you just want to try me out and get some, you know, clarity about what you want to create in your life or if you feel stuck. Um, so you can book one of those free calls on my website, RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on today. It was such a joy talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better. And I am so excited to connect again on your podcast. That's going to be a great time. I know. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It was just, I feel a great connection with you. Like we're totally of the same mindset and heart set. And if any of your listeners want to come on the retreat in Medellin, Colombia, they can also find me through my website. And I look forward to having you, Tori, on the Balance Beautiful Abundant show very soon. Yes, I am so excited. Well, have an amazing day. And it was so great connecting with you. Thanks again, Rebecca. You're so welcome. Thanks for listening to It's Breakthrough Time Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends on social media, subscribe, and review on iTunes. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable.